south of the Mason-Dixon. This is the Week in Review at the Abbeville Institute. Here is your host, Brian McClanahan. Welcome back to the Week in Review at the Abbeville Institute. This is your host, Brian McClanahan, and this is episode 233, covering the week of September 28th through October 2nd, 2020. Glad to have you back on the program. Very glad to be here. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, like our Facebook page, and subscribe to our YouTube page. You can find all those social media accounts at our webpage, abbevilleinstitute.org. That's A-B-B-E-V-I-L-L-E, institute.org. While you're there, give us an email address. We'll give you a free ebook, Exploring the Southern Tradition. It is a great book by 20 Abbeville Institute scholars. You get it free of charge just for giving us an email address, and you'll get on our email list. We do send you emails Monday through Friday, typically, sometimes Tuesday through Saturday, but you are going to get emails from us about five days a week. So it's a great way to keep in touch with the Institute. We can let you know what's going on and what we're doing. Of course, we do have a conference coming up, and we're just about at the cutoff point for that. So if you want to get in on the Who Owns America conference, you need to register now. You need to contact Dr. Livingston if that's what you're going to do, or you need to go to the website and click on that. You're invited. It'll take you out to the web registration portal. You need to get there because time is running out. We have to place orders for all the things we have to do with this. So get in on that event now. It is going to be a fascinating event, and I think you're really going to like it. It's in Charleston, South Carolina, so middle of October. We've only got about a week left. you got to get in now. Also, don't forget that we exist on your generous contributions alone. So if you like what we do, if you like the podcast, the website, the conferences, all the things we're doing, and I'm going to talk about one of those projects quite extensively in this uh, particular podcast, you can make a tax-deductible donation to the full extent of the law by going to abbevilleinstitute.org, clicking on that support tab. You've got a way to donate monthly, annually, or a one-time gift. It's a great way to keep all the things that we're doing going. And so please consider a contribution. Uh, we also have the ability to purchase, or you have the ability to purchase, our uh, embroidered shirts, hats, golf towels, all those things. You can support the Institute that way and also show off the logo and let people know what that is. It's a great way to advertise and also a great way to support the Institute. And click on that Amazon Smile button also at abbevilleinstitute.org. When you shop at Amazon, you bec we become your preferred nonprofit organization. So when you buy a book, we get a few pennies out of it. And of course, that's also a way to help uh, the Institute without anything. It's painless. It's painless on your part. A Amazon gives us the money. All right, so all those things said, let's talk about the week that was and I want to start today with the video that we ran on Tuesday by Phil Lee. Now, I've mentioned before for, gosh, almost, it seems like two years now. We started this process a couple of years ago. We recorded a bunch of videos like that in, uh, in Auburn, Alabama, actually, uh, over a weekend. There were several of us that did this. The idea was to create the southern version of PragerU. Now, if you've not watched PragerU videos they're about five to six minutes long, and they're on all kinds of stuff, conservative topics. But they're very hard on the South, and they're very much pro-Lincoln and pro-Union. They've got a, a ridiculous video by a professor, I think it's Seidel, at, the, at West Point that says, you know, the war was all about slavery. They've got um, uh, videos that are praising Lincoln all over the place. And this, this is the kind of stuff. It's Lincolnian nationalism, neoconservatism. Okay? Some of the videos are decent. They do a good job with some things, but others are just completely ridiculous. So the idea was to create an anti-PragerU or a pro-Southern version of PragerU and hit back at some of these videos that are just ridiculously stupid about the war, 
or about Lincoln or the Constitution. Some of the things they do there that just are not accurate. Giving you the Jeffersonian vision of America, that's the Lincolnian vision, their side. We want to give you the Jeffersonian vision. So we recorded several videos, and the individual who was going to edit those videos, unfortunately, he was 41 years old, and he passed away very suddenly in his sleep. And so we didn't have anybody to do this. And we sat with these videos, and we didn't get them done for a while. Well, we finally got someone on board, a couple of people on board who can work with these things. And they've done a fantastic job with the first video. It's Phil Lee's uh, The Real Reason for Confederate Monuments. Now, this video was produced, was shot two years before 2020. It was shot in 2018, and it was before all of the madness has taken place this summer. In fact, we cut out a section of the video because Phil Lee says in the video, well, this is going to spread to other monuments as well. Well, we know in 2020 it's happened. We know in 2020 George Washington's been taken down. We know in 2020, uh, you know, Pike's been taken down. We know, we know that people that are not, I mean, look, Monuments to abolitionists have been vandalized in the United States. We know this is not really about Confederates or about, uh, about the war. It's more about Western civilization. That's the whole point. So you see, the Confederate monuments, as we've said on this, on this show for now five years, as we've been doing this, I guess we've been doing it for about four years, but you know, we've been talking about this since 2015 at the Institute when we first had all this start taking place in the last five years when the idiot Dylan Roof did some really stupid things. Uh, and all that was foisted on the South. It's all because of the South has happened. It's all because of Southern history. We know this isn't really what's happening here. We know that really what's going on is that we've got an attack on Western civilization taking place at large across the United States, and not just in the United States, across the world. This is going on in Europe as well. I mean, some really crazy stuff is taking place in the world right now. It is a worldwide revolution against traditional Western civilization. And so when Phil recorded this video, well, it was a little different. It was a video that mentioned this is what's going to happen if we take down these Confederate monuments. And we know what's happened. We've seen it happen now in 2020. So the next video we're going to do is features yours truly on Abraham Lincoln's Gettysburg Address. And it is in direct contradiction to the PragerU video on the Gettysburg Address. That was the whole point. The PragerU video on the Gettysburg Address is very laudatory of the, of the address. It's something that is, I mean, it's almost like Abraham, walked, Abraham Lincoln walked down on high from, uh, descended from heaven itself, gave this address, and then, and then, you know, of course, ascended back to heaven when it was all over. It's a ridiculous speech. It's a bad speech. Uh, of course, poetic, but it means nothing. In fact, as I mentioned in the video, one newspaper called it a dishwatery utterance. A dishwatery utterance. There's nothing there. It's just completely void of anything real. But the PragerU video would make you think that, of course, this is the most beautiful speech ever written in American history. So... That, uh, that uh, video is going to feature yours truly, and it's going to be on Abraham Lincoln. But we need your support for these things. right? We have others that we want to do, and we want to make them better. You see, what people have realized over time as we put out videos and other things, most people watch about 25% of our lectures on YouTube, meaning that 
if the lecture was you know an hour long, they're going to watch about 25% of that. They'll watch about 15 minutes of it. So that means that most people are only watching about 15 minutes of a video. Well, we see this across the board. Most people tune out after about 10 to 15 minutes. So the Prager you figured this out, as, as YouTubers have figured this out, they started reducing the videos down, down, down to 15 minutes or less. In some cases, five minutes or less, because even this video, people are watching almost 60% of it, but they're not watching the whole thing. So the key is to get these videos to about four to five minutes, and we need to educate people four to five minutes at a time. You think about Sesame Street. And I, I, I mean, <laughs> years ago, I had a colleague, and she, she taught uh, English. And she, she complained about um, the fact that, you know, she had been teaching since the 1970s. And she said over that time, students have become less and less inclined to focus on anything because they want Sesame Street. They want two minutes of something with a song and a jingle to make it sound good, and they're going to move on from there. They want about two minutes to get their material. So these six, five, and six-minute videos are getting closer to that point. Probably the most impactful video I've seen was a one-minute video by the Lincoln Project. I mean, which we'll get into some point, someday, we'll, we'll do something with the Lincoln Project. This is the mere name of that. It's just ridiculous. They did a one-minute attack video on the Confederate flag. One minute. And it was good in terms of, I mean, the material is terrible, but the way they produced it was good. One minute. You can, one minute, it sticks in your head. So we want to keep doing these things and refining them down because we want to make an impact. And that's going to involve your help. All of these videos cost money. It costs money for us to do these things. We need to advertise them as much as possible. It all takes financial help. It takes financial contributions. So if you are thinking of supporting us, this is the first one that we've done. We're going to do more, and we're going to do a lot more if we have enough money to do them. This is the way forward for what we want to do with our mission to explore what is true and valuable in the Southern tradition. And it's not going to be just about the war or Lincoln. We want to do these things on everything we can think of in the Southern tradition. We have a lot of great content of lectures that we've done at all our conferences, and we're going to continue to put that stuff out there because people want long-form lectures, just like this podcast is 30 minutes People like long-form lectures that are really dedicated to the material. But for the general public that needs to be influenced, one to five to six minutes is where we need to be. There is too much anti-Southern material out there. There are too many anti-Southern things out there. People don't understand the Southern tradition and what it means for America and how it really could be a beneficial part of a revived American spirit. I mentioned years ago when Trump had his Make America Great Again slogan. That came from a Southerner named Pat Cadell. Pat Cadell was influential in the Jimmy Carter administration. And if you go back and read what's known as the Malay speech from Jimmy Carter, which he's universally criticized for, but I think stupidly criticized for. When you go back and look at that particular speech, it has, it's Trump. I mean, this is the same thing Trump was saying with Make America Great. Of course, very positive message. Even that speech is not negative. He's saying, look, we've got, we've got some problems in America. Uh, we could talk about energy and all the things, but what we really need to talk about is the American spirit, the thing that make America great. This is what Jimmy Carter was saying, and Pat Cadell wrote that speech. It's the Southern stamp on America. Make America Great Again 
is the South, the Southern tradition coming out. Now, I know people would say, oh, my gosh, what are you saying? It's because, yeah, it's right, because Trump's just, he's just all about race. And I mean, the, the idiots are going to say these things. Why? Because they're idiots. And I know the idiots listen to this podcast, some of them. And I know the idiots read our material because we get a lot of comments about it. So, yes, I'm talking about you, moron, who gets uh, these things and, and says, oh, here it is. Here it is. So the fact is that Pat Cadell speech, I mean, if you think that Trump is an idiot for this, then you probably think if you're on the left, then you think Jimmy Carter is an idiot, too. You see, this is where people are just completely stupid. They can't get out of their own way. So we've got a, a situation where the Southern tradition is valuable in American society. And we want to do more of these things. We want to do and focus on literature, music, politics, uh, you know, Southern, Southern culture and food, anything we can think of. It's not going to be, you know, Southern living nonsense. It's going to be real hard-hitting stuff. Uh, we have a video in the can on John C. Calhoun. We have one from Tom DiLorenzo on Abraham Lincoln as well. We have some good stuff. We just need to get it out there. And again, your contributions can help us do that. So that video, that's why I wanted to focus about half of this episode on that one video. Not the content of it. It's a beautiful video. I mean, the imagery, there is a, a lady that uh, took great photographs in Virginia of the Lee Monument and others before it was you know, vandalized and destroyed. The imagery behind Phil Lee is fantastic. We have some really beautiful stuff with this, and I think he makes just salient points in this video about why these monuments are there, what were they put up for, what, when they were put up. Uh, I mean, these are things we've talked about, of course, on this particular podcast, but this is a way to reach people, and it's we need more people watching this. We need, we need millions of people seeing this, so if we can get more revenue, perhaps we could advertise it better and do things better and get more people interested in it. And that's the key. That's the key. More revenue means more eyeballs on these videos. Now, I mentioned that the video is you know, beautiful because it shows you, and we've talked about how this is an assault on Western civilization. And I think Boyd Cathy's piece this week, again, he always does a good job with this. The title is Samson County and the Defense of Western Civilization. This is a beautiful, beautiful essay. The image, of course, that we picked for this was uh, an old postcard from the early 20th century of the Confederate monument there at the Sampson County Courthouse. But as, as Boyd says, you know, the Sampson County illustrates what is occurring all over the Southland. In the, in, and in microcosm, in certain ways, it symbolizes the retreat of Western civilization in the face of the overpowering forces of revolution now assaulting our heritage and threatening to dismantle our inheritance. He tells a nice little story. He says, there is something we should have taken far more seriously 50 years ago. For now, the woke descendants of the Vietnam-era radicals and the student graduates of the upheavals of 1968 have asserted near full control over our educational system. He says, back in 1970-71, I was in grad school at the University of Virginia, finishing an MA in history, and I knew and befriended some future PhDs whose own students would populate the faculties of some of America's most prestigious universities today. Their radicalism back then was strangely mild, even quaint compared with the virus which has seemingly swept through the academia in 2020. I had one friend, like me, getting a master's degree in history who was passionately in favor of the Viet Cong, quoted Che Guevara, and actually gave me a copy of uh, Franz Fanon's Anti-Colonialist, the, Anti the Wretched of the Earth. Useful, as I had a seminar with a leftist professor who prescribed it in his social history class. 
I didn't have to purchase it. I didn't know what happened to my friend, except I heard he did earn a doctorate and then went on to teach impressionable minds at a major university. I think that became a pattern. Later, during my PhD in Spain, the student radicalism had not yet reached that country in the early 1970s. General Franco continued, if tenuously, to keep a lid on such things. Additionally, my university, the University of Navarra, was a very conservative Catholic institution run by one of the Catholic ministries and heavily endowed. Even so, among some of my fellow students, I detected how foreign publications were certainly beginning to affect their thinking. And after Franco's death, that lid literally blew off. Still, for me, the ability to discuss ideas and to have a suburb, superb and very traditional dissertation director were a special grace. I wonder how many grad students have that opportunity in Spain in 2020 or here in the United States. Let me stop there. Of course, I worked with Clyde Wilson. There are still good PhD, there's still good professors out there. I mean, they still are there. Far less, far, far fewer. But they're still there, and I did have the opportunity to do that. And I had some real pros on my dissertation committee. Um, Owen Connolly, who is now gone. Uh, Mark Smith at, at South Carolina, who is a pro. Uh, I mean, he's, um, he's written a lot of books uh, on, uh, on the South and, of course, Southern slavery. He has, uh, a, a, he's into sensory history, which is, you know, the, the smell of history, the sound of history, and these kind of things. But he was a real pro, and uh, I took a military history uh, field, and so the director I had for that was very good as well. But he, Boyd continues that the virus that began in the 60s has basically been allowed to grow metastasize or metamorphosize, he says. It's no longer just an advocacy for third world liberation or support for communist and Marxist revolution. It is no longer just a rebellion against parts of the West moral code on gender and marriage especially. It no longer resembles the older civil rights movement in the 1960s. It's gone far beyond these post, these goalposts and far beyond what my leftist classmate of Virginia espoused 49 years ago. It is, as my friend Dr. Paul Gottfried has called it, post-Marxism, which incorporates and owes much to a Marxist template, but incorporates far more into its, at times, amorphous ideology. Whether it be the goons of Antifa, the rioters of Black Lives Matter, or a host of other revolutionary groups, there is one principal tenet that more or less unifies them. In slogan form, it is, Western Civ has got to go. Our inherited Western and Christian civilization of the past two millennia is defined, whether explicitly or not, as evil. The work and creation of white oppressors and white supremacy and gender discrimination, historic systemic racism, voila, the problem. And since our culture and civilization owe their overall existence primarily to European and mostly white Europeans into the historic Christian faith, they must be destroyed or perverted beyond recognition. And so he begins, he says, look, this is what's really at stake here with the, with the Confederate monuments, because they represent an older part of Western civilization. And they have to go. They have to go. They have to be taken down from public view. And I know we can say, well, I mean, the Confederate monuments, they represent treason. They represent slavery. We're beyond that in the United States. But when you point these things out that, well, you know, Abraham Lincoln wasn't necessarily, uh, you know, a a non-racist. He was a racist, too. Uh, You know, well, that's okay. You know, for the neoconservatives, that's okay because he got over that. And he was for the United States, for the Union. He, He was for U.S. soldiers. This is what people like Seidel and others, or I think his name is Seidel, I don't know, the guy, this is what they say. 
these are U.S. soldiers that these Confederates are... So it's like these Confederate soldiers aren't Americans. They're not Americans. They're, as, as the movies show you, they're demons. They're, they're subhuman. They're not even real human beings. They're vampires. Abraham Lincoln vampire slayer. I mean, this is the stuff we're getting into now. So when you have that perspective, it's very hard to move beyond. I mean, Southerners now, as, as was described in the 1850s, as Charles Sumner said, were just the vomit of an uneasy civilization. The vomit of an uneasy civilization. I mean, these people are devils. This is what they were called. You have to eradicate them. This is another form of 1850s crusade. Self-righteous, congratulatory, virtue-signaling, nonsense crusade. You want real harmony? Well, there's a reason that Martin Luther King stood up and said, hey, we want to have these people work together. We want to have the sons of former slave owners and the sons of former slaves live and work together. I mean, that's, that's real harmony if you think about it. Booker T. Washington was real harmony. There was a real reconciliationist message there. No longer. Reconciliation has been, this is really an attack on reconciliation. To say, you know, there's something valuable in, in the South. There's something valuable in Robert E. Lee. There's something valuable in these people, even if we don't agree with everything that they did, even if we don't agree that uh, the war was necessary, we should have gone to war. There were Southerners that thought this way, too. Even if we don't think that, Robert E. Lee was a great Christian gentleman. No, you can't say that anymore because the Atlantic says he's a horrible person. You can't look at John C. Calhoun's writings and say, you know, yeah, we don't agree with what he said on slavery. That's, we don't agree with that in the 21st century. But didn't he say some valuable things about government? By saying that Calhoun had some valuable things to say and that he was a great American senator, as John F. Kennedy said, I mean, this is just 50 years ago. John F. Kennedy called him one of the greatest senators in American history. Uh, you know, so even if you say that, uh, well, that you can't say this. I mean, you can't have a statue to John C. Calhoun because he was a racist. I mean, this is where we've gotten in America. It's so stupid. I mean, it doesn't even it, it just defies anything other than immaturity than petulant little toddler immaturity. And that's what we have on the left now. This is what these people really are. And they don't realize it. They think that they're noble and we're just trying to make people feel better. No, what you're being is petulant little toddlers. The statues, I mean, look, they're going to come down. We can say that, you know, we're, well, you shouldn't do these things. There's nothing much... You can do about it, except vote people in that aren't going to take them down. Even the monument protection law in Alabama, I've cautioned people about this before. It, it's just a piece of paper. And if the, there was a monument that came down in Alabama here recently, well, the attorney general hit the county with $25,000 fee. Well, some rich donor just said, Here, I'll give you the $25,000. $25,000? It should be $25 million. You want to take that down, $25 million. Or better yet, you want to take that down, we're going to revoke your city char your county charter. You're just going to become an incorporation of the state. We're just going to remove your government. You won't have any control over these things anymore. You want to take it down, put some teeth in it. $25,000 is a laughing. It's, that's a joke. Put some teeth into these things if you really want to. I mean, this is just symbolic in some way. Look what we did. We're trying to do it. I know there's legislators out there who want to do this but really put some teeth into it. 
so they stay. Because as Phil Lee mentions in the video, this things change. And it, maybe they're going to put a statue up of you today, but you know what, 25 years from now or 30 years or 50 years from now, they may think you're an awful person and take you down too because you had some unsavory views or you said something that nobody agreed with or whatever. The, your, your views of the day do not fit with the views of the time in the future. And what do we do then? We, we, we lose our anchor in society. We just rip ourselves from the dock, from the shore. We're gone. We're, we're a ship without a home. We're just lost at sea. And that's exactly what the left wants because they can remake America every time they want to. They can make it about whatever they want it to be every single time. Tradition goes away. Tradition is a beautiful thing. This is what Travis Holt was talking about in his piece on Friday, The Eyes of Our Fathers. He talks about walking through a cemetery. People don't get walking through a cemetery and what that is. I remember Clyde Wilson and I had a conversation about this. When he was younger, he liked to walk through cemeteries. You don't, you can't really commune with people like you can at a cemetery. It's amazing how you can do it. I mean, I remember I was in Charleston where Calhoun is buried, and I was there standing there just with, with, at, the, at the cemetery next to Calhoun's grave. And there were all these Yankees coming in and out, and they were just talking. Oh, who's this? Oh, that's, oh, that's a vice president. Oh. People don't even know who it was, right? I'm trying to have a, a moment. Or when I was in Virginia, Patrick Henry's house, and at his gravesite, I was there with a friend of mine. And it was the sun was going down, and there was a bluegrass festival taking place, and they were singing a, a very Christian hymn. Of course, if you know anything about Henry, he's a very Christian man. And we're standing at this, at this has his tomb, and he's right there. Patrick Henry is right there. And as that's happening, you just you have this feeling that you just you're there with him. And people don't get that. And here Travis Holt talks about this. You walk, and these are memories, these are people. You see these people, these are the people that he knew. And you have a story for all these people. That's the connection. They aren't just names on a, on a gravestone. This is, this is the eyes of the fathers. This is the tradition. And as you look at these Confederate monuments, you didn't know Lee. None of us did. None of us knew Jackson. None of us knew Davis, any of these people, Stuart, any of them. Or just the basic Confederate soldier that's on that monument. But as Lee points out, you may not have known them, but somebody in your family did. And because of that, the eyes of the fathers are on you. These people, as Booker T. Washington said, they represent what was best in Southern society. Not what was worst, what was best. And that best needs to be told to generations because we want the worst to go away. We want the best to remain. That's what these things mean. But you know, as... A.C. Gleason, Aaron Gleason, uh, brought out on uh, Monday. It's really about power. All this is about power. At the end of the day, what's happening in America, in the simplest form, is about power. It's always been about that. There was actually, a, a, I've talked about in my own podcast about a recent poll that said Americans want less divided government now. Why? Because it's about power. They want their guy, their person, their lady, whatever it is. They want their person in power. And they want to abuse the other side. We've gotten to that point now. So we have a situation where we are in real trouble in America. And the Southern tradition 
is important for that, the decentralist tradition, because it protects minorities. People, I mean, I remember having a conversation with uh, an individual years ago, about 20 years ago, when the flag was um, being taken down from the dome of the South Carolina Capitol. And, of course, we all recognized back then what was going to happen. It was going to come down all the way eventually. And I said, look, you know, Calhoun was important in this because he was about minorities. And this is an African-American guy. And he said, yes, it's all about minorities. And I said, right. I mean, you can't just abuse minority. At that point, the majority wanted the flag to come down by a slim majority. And the minority that wanted to keep it there, of course, is now being abused. It's about minorities, political minorities. We can look at it in various ways. You can, you can look at minorities. So this is why, you know, in, in Switzerland, for example, there's a veto on anything that happens. So should there be, should the minority be able to veto things that are abusive to the minority? Whatever that minority group is. This is what Calhoun was talking about in his disquisition, which is why he's such a great thinker when it comes to government. So the Southern tradition, the Southern tradition is there as the hub, as the, as the, uh, the counterweight to all of these awful things that are happening in American society right now. And we just don't listen to it because it's, if you reduce it to nasty terms, slavery, treason, racism, well, then it's not going to matter anymore. And Southerners are starting to buy this more and more. Well, you know, I guess we're going to like Lincoln. I see it all the time. Southerners, we got to love Lincoln. we got to love the Republican Party. Why? Why? doesn't make any sense. Lincoln didn't go to war to free slaves. He said as much. Even black Republicans after the war were starting to say, the Republican Party is abusing us. The Republican Party is taking advantage of us. And they were. Became pawns in a big game, a big game of political power. That's what it's all about today. It's what it's always been about. And this is why you have to decentralize as much as possible so you don't have that nastiness of power abusing people left and right. It's one of the things that the Institute has always been there for. Since 2002, one of our major missions has been to, as part of that Southern tradition that's true and valuable, is the decentralist part of it. How do we think about decentralizing government to make it more responsive to the people that it represents? Government of the people, by the people, for the people. If that's what we really want, well, shouldn't we have government that is responsive to those things? Shouldn't we have one-size-fits-all, top-down government? Shouldn't we have these things in society? Jefferson, the Southerner, certainly thought so. John Taylor of Caroline, the Southerner, certainly thought so. John Randolph of Roanoke, the Southerner, certainly thought so. The movement for secession was all about that. I mean, H.L. Mencken was, was you know, spot on with this. And he said, look, Lincoln was speaking the wrong, I mean, he's favoring the wrong government in the Gettysburg Address. The wrong one. You're looking at the South as really of the people, by the people, for the people. So that's what we're here for. It's why we want to do more of these videos. It's why we want to have, I mean, our educational mission is to take the good out of the Southern tradition and understanding there's, there's thorns in this tradition. There's bad that we wouldn't want to repeat today. We don't want to do over. But there's also good in it and valuable things for the future of America. And that's what we want to get to people. That's what we want to understand and explain and talk about. And if we forget our past, if we lose that anchor with the dead, we lose ourselves as a society. Until next time.